This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. How many, good to see you, my friend. How many years ago did you work at Newhoff Media out on South Fourth Street? It was uh, 34 years, 34 years ago. Uh, Kurt Anderson, we were talking a little yes. bit before. Kurt Anderson, I used to work at the Hub Clothiers in White Oaks Mall. <laughs> And uh, Kurt stopped in one day, and I told him my dream was to be on the radio. And I found out he worked at WCVS, and he said, "Well, you got to come in and cut a tape." So I did. I went in, cut a tape, and he called me back that night and said, "Hey, I just lost my night person, my overnight person." Um, he says, "You want to come in and cover the night shift?" And so I, I did. I drove in, and uh, he put me on the air. What? How old were you at the time? I was uh, 18 at the time. Were you in high school still, or already? I was. You were Springfield High School graduate. I was a Springfield High School graduate. I was still in college, so I was. I was going to at the time Sangamon State University. Sure. And I landed my dream job of being on the air. Who could beat that, right? What was your major? Did now wait a minute. You are the state superintendent of education. I'm I, sure uh, that was your life's goal when you were 18 years of age. Uh, no, my life's goal <laughs> when I was 18 was to be Dr. Johnny Fever. That was that was my dream. <laughs> And uh, and it came true for a brief period, and then my second dream would be the be the state superintendent. Obviously, where did the change change from communication radio to getting involved in education? What'd oh, you do in between? It was uh, who did the song "The Long and Winding Road"? I can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, but it was a long and winding road. I I started off in communications, did did the the radio stint, which I loved. Uh, that led me into state government, doing communications work. I spent 15 years working in Springfield at different state agencies. Um, ended up at the State Board of Education where I found this bug for serving children and uh, would go home at night feeling like I put in a good day's work whenever you feel like you're making an impact in the lives of kids. And so after working at ISBE, uh, I got a job in St. Louis Public Schools. Uh, then I transitioned 15 years ago up to the Elgin School District. And there I just grew. I, I went from the chief communications officer to chief of staff to superintendent. Uh, and spent nine years as the separate superintendent of the state's second largest school district. Your dad was the superintendent uh, of the state of Illinois, Correct. Department of Education. Mm -hmm. Was he at all disappointed when you were kind of following this dream to be the next Johnny Fever, and he was kind of hoping you would think about education? He never said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> he never said it out loud. I think he had hoped, uh, my sister, when I had an older sister that went into teaching, and I think he kind of hoped all of us would want, you know, we have four I have uh, three other siblings. I think he was hoping that more of us would want to go into schools and public education, and only one of us did. Uh, and so when I ventured my way back into school systems, uh, I think he's been my, my biggest champion from behind the scenes. There was a time when the state superintendent of education was an elected position. People like Ray Page, Michael Bacallus held the job, and so on and so forth, a gentleman named Vern Nickel. Um, that is no longer the case. Tell me how, in fact, one gets to be state superintendent of Instructions. Absolutely. So we have a state board of education that does the hiring, uh, but they obviously work in collaboration with the governor's office. So for this process, uh, there were five rounds of interviews. Uh, my understanding, I'm not sure how many candidates they had, but um, the search firm that the governor's office hired narrowed, screened it, the number of candidates down. Uh, so interviews with state board members, interviews with um, a multitude of interviews. And the final one, uh, was with the governor of the state of Illinois, uh, and Governor Pritzker chose me out of all the candidates. So, Tony Sanders, you, if you wouldn't have got this job, this position, 
were you going to stay at Elgin for a while? Yeah, absolutely. I, I told my board in Elgin there's no other job that would pull me away other than state superintendency. This has been the dream job for me for, for quite some time. What, what, why is that? Was it because of what your dad went through, the experience, or being in education, you felt this is where you can have the most impact? I, yeah, I just didn't want to go to another school district. I, I, I loved U46. Uh, I would never have left U46, but I, the ability to give back to 2 million children versus 37,000 to me is, is meaningful. And so this, this would be the next step for me. Are teachers, uh, administrators, school boards, students facing the same challenges in Elgin as they may in Carbondale? Oh, absolutely. The, the challenges are the same everywhere right now. Um, you, you have, I mean, the blessing is that before the pandemic, we the General Assembly passed the evidence-based funding formula, which really provided resources and equitable resources across the field that really supported schools before the pandemic hit, which is really a blessing. Um, on the heels of the pandemic, we're all facing the same challenges. Teachers are... Um, need to be uplifted to the hero status that they had at the beginning days of the pandemic. Teachers are true heroes every day that they walk into the classroom. And parents, communities need to treat them as such. They, they really, um, they deserve all the credit in the world. You know, you've been, you've been in the classroom before. It's a, it's a hard place to be. Uh, Superintendent Sanders, how challenging is the teacher shortage in Illinois? It's nationwide. What can we do in Illinois? So I think the governor's on the right path. Uh, he's investing, proposing investing $70 million in the teacher pipeline uh, for school districts that have the most vacancies. Uh, so targeting the resources specifically to the districts that need it the most, uh, that is ideal. Uh, what we were doing in Elgin, which would be a district that would qualify for these funds, we were paying for anybody, any bus driver, any teacher's aide, anybody that wanted to be a teacher, we were paying their full freight for tuition um, and then requiring that they stay on for five years after uh, after they got their teaching certificate. And we had 60 teachers in the pipeline to become uh, fully licensed within the next couple of years. Couple. It's those types of outside the box things that we need to do. A couple of my friends I know in 186 here in Springfield mm -hmm. retired and they're back teaching full time yeah. and are get to keep receiving every month their retirement. Is that something that's being practiced around the state? That's everywhere. Uh, really? Yeah. We, teachers do not retire, uh, I've found. They, they try to retire, but, the, but they get away from it, and they still love to come back into schools and serve kids. And so if it were not for retirees, a lot of school districts right now would be really uh, struggling. Superintendent Sanders, what's caused the shortage? Do just the lack of people interested in teaching? Well, I think there's a variety of factors. I think... Um, you know, certainly the pandemic didn't help. It added a lot of stress to teachers when they had to shift to distance learning. Uh, and then with the amount of money being pumped in uh, to public education through federal funds, there's a lot of uh, more options available for educators to go work in the private sector for private firms. And so that pulled some teachers out of the classrooms. Um, but I think ultimately what we have to do is uplift the profession. It, it, again, it's not easy to be in a profession that, that uh, feels like you're under attack on a daily basis. And I, th I think we need to remind teachers that we do believe in them, that it is a noble profession, and that we appreciate what they do every single day that they walk into a school. How important is school safety, school security, and the whole scheme of things? It's, uh, school safety is huge, um, it, absolutely. So we're, we're doing some trauma-informed care practices. We've been collaborating with other agencies, including the Department of Human Services, the Illinois Juvenile Justice Authority, uh, to really launch a new awareness around mental health and trying to make sure that families have access to 
the mental health care that their children may need and, and, and try to coordinate our services better at the state level. And I think that's going to be huge for the school districts and students across the state. Superintendent Sanders, there's been, I just glanced at it, some question about uh, community resource officers, what they can or cannot do, mm-hmm. is their role expanding, is it being limited, and so on and so forth. Uh, they can do citations for some things and not for another. Almost every school I go in with my job with Secretary of State now, there there's community resource officers mm-hmm. in the school, and security is absolutely phenomenal getting into these buildings. It really is. What's the question? What is the situation with community resource officers, police in the building, what they can or cannot do? So I, th- I think the big debate right now is whether or not uh, school resource officers can issue tickets. Okay. Um, so by law, uh, school resource officers cannot ticket for truancy. Um, ah. And so that's that. First of all, that, so if they're doing it for truancy, that's not allowed at all. Um, I'm a proponent of changing the law so that they can't ticket students at all because we ended up ticketing the students that can't afford it. And so it's another form of discipline that that I think needs to be halted and really rethought. Um, I'm fully in favor of protecting schools and making sure that there's a police presence. Uh, I I always maintain school resource officers in my former district, but I, I don't know that I, I, th- I think it's more about building relationships with students. That's the way I always envision school resource officers as a, an advocate for children, uh, a protector of children. Um, but that relationship changes when they become uh, the enforcers of, of laws within the schools. And uh, so I think, it's a, I think it's a bigger conversation for the General Assembly to have about what whether or not they should be ticketing in schools. Are more and more schools using metal detectors uh, in the building, or is that not as popular as one might believe? I haven't seen it in Illinois. Really? No, no, I haven't seen it. I know when I worked in St. Louis Public Schools, we had them, but I I don't see it by and large in the state of Illinois. Um, And and the research around metal detectors has not really been shown to be that effective. If a kid wants to bring a weapon into school, they'll find a way to bring it into school. How did we, not as an administrator, but how did students, how did staff handle the pandemic? Have we fully recovered, or are we ever going to get back those days that we missed or that experience that the students missed? There's going to be a generational impact for the students that that clearly got pushed into distance learning. Absolutely the right decision. We had to protect the public health and safety. Um, But we we have ground to make up, and I, I think families would recognize that. Teachers recognize that. Um, and so we're doing everything we can from the state level to try to see what we can do, um, but it, it's still an impact. State Superintendent Tony Sanders, welcome back to Springfield. Thank you, Sam. It's like you never left. You had a home south of here that you, uh, good calling, you sold it five years ago. I, so <laughs> Yeah, I sold it. I sold it, and now I need it back, so <laughs> I may, exactly. I may go make an offer. I know it. you're going out to talk to the folks at 104.5, John Spaulding, yep. waiting to talk to you, so thanks, thanks for coming Sam, in this morning. thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you, it. My, my pleasure. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.